Welcome to the Autofixation Podcast, a loud pedal production with your host Mark Farouk and Matt Powers. Welcome to another episode of the Autofixation Podcast. I'm Mark Farouk. With me is... Hey Mark, it's Matt Powers with you. Matt Powers is here as well. Um, this is all part of a production of the Loud Pedal blog. Uh, check us out on social media at the Loud Pedal or on our website, theloudpedalblog.com. Uh, so good to see you. Likewise, Mark. Good to see you, man. We've been both pretty busy, I think. But it's been uh, a rough week. It has. It has both in our day jobs and yeah. uh, also a lot of uh, automotive related news. There's and, a lot uh, of news out there. A lot of people feeling some pain. They, they, some pain. So, some a little more than others. And wanting to assign blame for the pain. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about gas prices, of yeah, course. And, yeah. uh, I notice this when I'm pulling my aircraft carrier, I mean my Audi <laughs> SQ7 in a pump. Uh, it was honestly it was painful before all this yeah right um now it's uh i'm thinking about taking out payday loans each time i go to the pump <laughs> i don't even know if that'll give you enough money to fill, You're that, probably car, right. to fill that car up i probably need to like do a refinance on my mortgage to pay for gas at this point uh, but I, I texted you when stuff started spiking to ask you like you must be feeling a little yeah you little, did little you pinch did. there you, you pointed out how does it thoughts. feel how, how does it feel at 15 miles per gallon on a good day <laughs> I just listen to that exhaust sound. It, just, yeah, right. Just Digging think, how much did I just pay rest. for that feeling? <laughs> well, I, I. It's funny you say that because I actually I was driving the um, the X5, which is a little bit better gas mileage than the SQ7, not much. Um, <laughs> and I I had to do like an overtake to get over to get an exit, and I li- really thought like when I when I put the accelerator down, there's probably like a twenty cent cost. To that like it's you can kind of begin to do the calculation in your head now it's it is it is it is really crazy yeah i told my i was merging on the freeway a few days ago and as my daughter was in the car and i i kind of floored it just it was open road and and we got on the freeway and i looked over and i said that probably cost me five bucks <laughs> exactly exactly oh, yeah man. no i think we should be slowing down maybe maybe that's the maybe that's the takeaway yeah. know. you know you know I, I mean yeah you have to change uh I mean that's hard. I mean I I think we both drive naturally a little uh, towards the upper end of the speed limit. Upper ends a little quicker than most. <laughs> but I will say this: I did spend a few days last week trying to modulate how I drive, trying to think about how I even down to how I'm applying the throttle. That is a great point. And actually, I, I might have mentioned this before. Like Sharon, my wife, mm-hmm. she's like a super efficient driver. Now I didn't say good driver. <laughs> <laughs> No, in fairness, Sharon's a good driver. You just remembered she listens to this. That's why you're safe. Just save yourself. (laughs) But her strength is efficient driving. And I think it's what you're saying. It's like modulating the gas, anticipating when you're going to need to brake and Mm -hmm. like not accelerating into your brake. So that's a good point. Yeah. So, you know, I have the, uh, on my car and I have like a comfort mode, which really, uh, you know, softens the suspension and stuff like that, but it makes the 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 throttle a little softer, so you have a lot more give from you know to maximum. So I I spent a few days like trying to like you know drive within the speed limit, modulating the throttle, easy on the brakes. You know, maybe I gained a mile or two a gallon, right. but. I think if you could do it on a consistent basis, you could it save a little bit. Sure. I mean, it adds up over time. I mean, it's it's still going to be painful when you go to the pump either way, but 
you can save a little bit. And you know, it's kind of, you know, I I'll say this: once you've, you know, once you've, you know, drove like crazy person on the freeway or whatever it is, you, you're driving for fun, spirited uh-huh. driving. Yes, that's what the manufacturers spirited call driving. Yeah, come on, <laughs> you know, there comes a point. You know, challenge yourself. See how much, you, see how many more miles per gallon you can squeeze out. That's the Change thing. Your it's, technique. It's, it's called hyper cruising. There's like a subcult of people. It's probably the people you see driving 45 miles an hour in the slow lane. Yes. Like they're hyper driving. They're That's seeing right. how That's those Prius drivers. I was just going to say, was, you beat me to it. They're all, yeah. they're all Prius so drivers. Did we just suggest or, people turn into Prius drivers? <laughs> no. This is the worst advice we've ever given. I take it all back. What I mean, so I think I had to run my my credit card twice to fill up the X5 the other day because the pump was limited to $100 and I needed to put in more than $100 because it was, I think it was $6.10 or something for premium, which is also my fault for buying a car that requires premium gas, but okay. Uh, <laughs> and it's still, even if you were putting regular in, it was, I think, five seventy dollars or something. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. That, that's getting up there. It's a decent amount. Although... That said, I, I mean, I don't think we want to like minimize the pain. Yeah, you mentioned this to is, me earlier. There is there's real pain, but if you look at in like context, context. If you look at gas prices historically, factoring in inflation, we're in the ballpark of where we were in like the mid two thousands. You know, there's just it's the gas price. Relative gas prices aren't actually that high, and I think I mean neither of us are geopolitical experts. Really. I'm not maybe. But like, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into gas prices and Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of folks Mm -hmm. talking about, oh, the taxes are too high. We should spend gas taxes and stuff like that. The reality is, is like the amount of money on your gallon of gas that's taxed. It's it's not exactly nominal, but it ain't that much. It's a a global market. 40 cents. It's the global. It's a global market. Global price of oil. It's causing this. So, you know, everybody wants to blame one particular person, whether it's a president or a political party, and I don't care one way or the other who what party that happens to be or what president, everybody wants to blame someone. But the price of oil is determined, you know, it's it's traded as a commodity in various markets and it, there's a price per barrel. And that's is largely dictated by the members of OPEC and exactly. the global markets. Exactly. And I think a lot of what a lot of people are forgetting is that unfortunately What's happening with Ukraine has coincided with we had because of the pandemic um, l- extremely low supply. Uh, I'm sorry, extremely low, low demand. We had a lot of supply. Things have now changed. People came back to work. People are traveling. Traffic, as you can see, anywhere you go is back to even worse than before the pandemic. So now demand has shot up in a very short period of time and supply has stayed relatively stable. So I guess I say that say there's not some grand conspiracy by you know individuals or governments try to manipulate prices or it's not the taxes we're paying it's it's a global market and I said this we were talking earlier and I said this I said you know if you're at the local uh, car show cars and coffee or you're hanging out with your buds and they're uh, European exotic cars, and they start pointing the finger at one person. Maybe it's the president. Oh, this is the president did this. It's like the chances are they've probably made the money to buy the car that they have because they own a tremendous amount of stock in a petroleum company. Don't let people fool you with these finger pointing things. They made money off of this, and they want to blame. You know, they want you to look the other direction. Totally. Yeah. You can afford uh, one hundred fifty thousand dollars. 
Yeah, at the low end, that's pretty cheap for a supercar. Yeah, right. I'm not factored in COVID price. That's right. That's a that's a pretty beat up used used Ferrari. Uh, But yeah, but you know, it's also it's it's a good revelation though. But you know, it's it's it also sets the stage uh, where I think you see a, a new type of elitism that's popped out of this. Is we'll just go buy an EV. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so my choices are. Six dollar gallon gas or drop eighty grand on an on an EV. Electric car. Yeah. 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 Okay. All yeah. right. I if that's my choices, thanks for letting me know. Uh, <laughs> well, in fa- I mean, in fairness, Mark, there are more EVs coming on the market at lower price points. I mean, you that's could, true. You could buy ID four for what forty thousand. But have you seen 000? what it looks like? Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to an EV, an ID four driver yesterday. We had a nice conversation. He really likes it. I don't know if he's listening to podcast. He's here in Sacramento. We shouldn't. Yeah, I will say this. I will say it is better looking than most. And I have I have talked to others and seen reviews. People like it. Yeah, I like it better than the Mustang. I think the Mustang's kind of ridiculous. I just said, yeah, it depends on the the angle you see it from. It's really dependent on the the color of the car and the angle. Uh, you know, one that's getting a lot of great reviews is this uh a Hyundai Ionic five, I think it is. IQ five. No, no, no. Not, yes, Ionic not, Five, I think, getting it really future. Is it looks like a concept car like that they actually art, art built? Deco and yeah, kind of interesting and great reviews. And yeah. Um, yeah. I actually know someone that has one, so I, I'm going to be anxious to take a look at it. I guess the point, though, going going back to gas prices and gas prices. Yeah, I mean, I guess over the long term, you know, increased cost of gas. It the actual cost of carbon intensive driving maybe it does you know begins to affect some behaviors and it you know encourages people who you mm-hmm. know are kind of on the cusp of maybe buying a car to make a, an electric car to take a closer look at it or to re- yeah kind of you know, like move in that direction yeah and then it, the more you incentivize people buying those cars new hopefully tesla's there's not gonna be much of a secondhand market because shit <laughs> and i mean it's just gonna be <gasps> how massive. could you right but but other other cars you would expect you know people will then be able to buy them yeah. used and um well you know, get a bigger marketplace yeah and and, and totally and it, it right it, it forces you to start thinking long term because gas prices will come down to, in some respects but over the long term they're going to go up i mean there's we're, we're seeing inflation across the board anyway so we're, we're just going to see this Uh, But, you know, I'll say that, you know, another thing that this should inspire people to talk about, you know, one of the big problems we have with urban development is sprawl. People live out in suburbs. They work in a central place like here in Sacramento. People work downtown. They live out in the suburbs. This is kind of something I've thought about um, that brings. You know, this might be a great time to start thinking about alternative work schedules. Mm -hmm. And and back to some, you know, not a complete work at home model like we had to do under the height of COVID, but some sort of modification of that of, you know, three days a week, two days a week, because I know companies have wanted to rush back to getting people back in the office. But I think if we're going to be realistic as a society about our energy use, we've got to start thinking about totally. How often do you want people burning energy to be in the office when they could work from home? So this is just a really long way Mark justifying wanting to sit in his living room yes. on a Monday morning in his underwear without yes. showering. 
the mm-hmm. quote working. It's a, <laughs> That's can, what this is. I can cruise. <laughs> I can cruise the internet just as easy at home as I can at work. I'm perfectly capable of that. YouTube works in both places. <laughs> yeah. So lesson there is, uh, it's it may it it it's it's a big it, it's a pain for a lot of people, right? We have to be realistic about that. But it's but not, we have no sympathy for supercar owners. The, it, exactly, and people who drive SQ7s. That what? <laughs> and we do have sympathy for the people in Hong Kong who are paying eleven dollars a gallon. Yeah, for, for their gas. And that was that was prior to this, right? That's I their normal so. everyday so. price. That's yeah, right. Right. yeah. So it could always be worse. It could be a lot worse. I think the, the Netherlands was another one. Yeah, tied with Finland at nine dollars and twenty cents. Followed closely by Germany at $9.12. I bet you, you know, I mean, I don't know so much Hong Kong, but you look at the other countries, infrastructure is pretty good. So, you know, yeah. I mean, you're, you're paying for it. But I guess, I guess one of the things is also in these countries, when you have such high gas prices and our ownership is really expensive and it's not, not accessible for everybody, you have like a decent public infrastructure, uh, public transportation infrastructure. So you can ride the bus, you can train, you alternatives you know so yeah um, here, here we yeah. don't have that people are dependent upon their cars yeah know, california especially northern california a little bit better right sacramento that. san francisco a little bit better but um actually i i kind of take that back that i said that out loud because uh, i was listening to uh the bay area npr station the other day last week and right after they had done a story about hey more people need to use public transportation to offset the cost of gas and all these things we've talked about right they had a live update that several like I, I don't I don't want to say for sure, but it, I think it was four or five different BART trains <laughs> were completely <laughs> shut down. There's some unknown delay, and so the commuter, the ability to people to commute on those. So I was like, "Come on, you can't! You just did a story saying I would need public transportation." <laughs> And public transportation was failing at that moment. <laughs> Those tracks uh, are like 50, 60 years old. It's, it's yeah. The, it, the lack of investment is awful. It, it's, yeah, maybe, you know, good way to pay for it more gas taxes. <laughs> 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 Which leads into an interesting story that Norway may be one of the first countries in the world to completely phase out the internal combustion engine. What's the timeline on that? So by 2025 was their original goal. Okay. But now they're saying it could happen later this year. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. So I, I wonder, so any idea what happens if you own an internal combustion engine? And then, I mean, <laughs> maybe the government just pays for you, yeah, for you to get yeah. electric car, right? I don't know. I don't know. Well, it did. It, it, the, to be speci- more specific, it's the sales of new. So they think got by the end it, of the year, there'll be it, no more it, sales, but they would it. still have some. But if you're driving a, an ICE-powered car on the road now um, in Norway, you're paying some pretty hefty fuel taxes yeah. and roadway taxes. Um, and then you have electric vehicles exempt from a lot of those taxes, especially the fuel taxes. They're yeah. not paying those, obviously. And then they get uh, they have huge uh, tax incentives and and okay the I mean and a smaller right. and granted a much smaller population than yeah, we have but and most of their revenue is from most of the country's revenue like twenty percent is from oil and gas exploration <laughs> so I don't exactly get <laughs> yeah I mean it's great that they're able yeah. to do that but it yeah. sort of seems like you're like selling this product that you're exporting mm-hmm. to pay for not using it at home. As long as someone I mean, is, yeah, good for them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, well, right. That raises that issue too of 
our consumption of EVs here as as a main solution and ignoring the environmental damage done by the uh, mining for the metals needed for batteries and the product and the emissions from the production of those batteries because we don't it doesn't happen in California right, so we're like right. oh that's somebody else's problem yeah exactly but it's called you know global climate change it's global is the term yep. so it all has inputs and outputs. And I mean, I'm not trying to be a purist here. I mean, I'm, I'm glad they're doing that. Certainly, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, 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 it raises the headline some, is not like it raises quite some as issues. fantastic <laughs> as, as, as it sounds. Uh, but that will be, you know, it, it's it's. I think it's a good uh, testing ground because okay. while we, I, you know, the article we saw was was basically the benefits of this and how great it is. But I think more we need to di- really do a deeper dive in. Okay, but. This is great, but what other problems are you seeing? Like how, what about what's happening to the repair side of that equation? Do they have what, I don't know what they do in Norway as far as independent repair shops versus dealerships and those dynamics. Um, Makes for a great headline, but I'm sure there's a lot of kind of tough, gory details in there that need to look into. Also, I have to wonder, you know, I mean, look, we just saw Rivian last week announced they're going to up the prices of their cars because of the increased cost of the raw materials that go into the batteries you yeah. know and it's like as we speed towards this adoption which i think both of us fully support mm-hmm. it's really good um what is going to happen to the costs and these are already expensive vehicles and you know yeah will the will the per unit cost come down because there's economies of scale or is it going to go up because there's you know far more resources I certainly don't have the answer to that yeah it's going to be interesting to see how it develops yeah, so that's uh, you. You brought up the Rivian thing. Yeah, that's that was huge. Uh, it, for for anyone that didn't know, people had pre-ordered uh, Rivians. The only way to get one, you have to pre-order. And then because of the increased cost of materials, people were receiving emails that the the cost was being adjusted. Were upward. they happy about that? Were they happy about that? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. No, I don't think they were happy about that. Um, but and it sounded like that there was so much outrage exactly. that, that 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 Rivian backed off. There was, was a revolt. Like, oh, exactly, and even exactly. a, it sounded like even a shareholder revolt, revolt as well. Um, so let that be. You know, I I would say this like to to. The 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 public out there, the the three or four that listen to this is, you know, there's the you've you know push back. It's worth pushing back sometimes when these things happen. So don't be quiet. Um, you know, at this point, yeah, I'm sorry that you're. I'm not really sorry personally, but generally sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry the cost of materials went up, but that's that's a you problem, not a me problem. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. It's like. You're you're the you're the expert company with attorneys and accountants that are supposed to see this stuff on the horizon. I'm just a, I'm just an average consumer. <laughs> what do I know about all these things? Consumer slash podcast. <laughs> you know, that's I right. Mean, well, I I'm trying to slip under the radar. I didn't want them to know. I don't want them to know our actual expertise. Uh, I am excited. I mean, I, of all the. Types of EVs that are on the horizon. It's really the, the Rivian, the F one fifty. I mean, we probably covered this ground before already in the podcast. But you know, it's yeah. the Lucid, uh, the Lucid, um, even the the GMC. You know, like the, those those electric. Well, we know you. Anything but Tesla. That's it, man. Right? Anything That's but it. Tesla. Well, I mean, have you seen? There's been a number of stories recently about you know like build quality mm-hmm. repair stuff. I mean, those stories have been going on for a while. But I think it's seen it sort of like tick up about you know people having these exorbitant repair bills. Audio yeah, cars is not very good. So, yeah, anything with Tesla. 
And and I think it's 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 just generally the competition is increasing so much. Mercedes has that EQS that's out. You have various Porsche Taycans. A buddy of mine was just telling me today he's going to go drive the um, i four. I think what's it the i four the BMW the the the, the station uh, the um, the sedan. Oh yeah 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 the i four yeah that so, looks really good so too. So evidently you can't get it for about a year, but they've got it at the local dealership here where you can go test drive and then order it. And the price point was was not bad. It was like fifty five for the base model, fifty five thousand before the tax yeah. credits. So it's on par with a with a with a uh, ice powered four series. I yeah. mean, they're about on yeah. par with each other. Yep, which yep. is yep. that's different. I know. Uh, I know. You've got the Polestar, like you have Polestar too. You know, I mean, the, again, I like the car, but like the knock is the the range. You know, like it's got two hundred forty miles of range if you're at one hundred percent. And so, you know, the Tesla or this BMW they have three hundred miles of range or yeah trucks that are you know, i'm talking about like 400 close to 400 over 400 yeah makes a big difference and i think if somebody out there really is considering buying an electric vehicle i think you really have to do some analysis and understanding of what you're going to be using it for and realize that we were talking earlier about you know how you can affect your gas mileage by the way you drive it's your range oh, of the yeah, electric vehicles yeah. heavily affected by the way you drive so you have to be prepared for that and my buddy was going to look at the the i4 we were talking about that like you know, if it says 300 miles, but if you drive up the mountains and you're on the gas the whole time, like you're you not drive like we do. Yeah, you ain't yeah. getting 300 miles. So you yeah. know, you do have. To well, it's just like miles stuff. per gallon ratings. Well, Those exactly. are determined exactly. based on ideal driving conditions, very moderate driving styles, and right. R- the reality is always much. You get much less than what's what's advertised. So it's the same for EVs. But I always go back to this point. So a lot of people have range anxiety when the research kind of shows that we do most of our driving in a very short area around our homes. You are hundred percent correct. And we notice that too. Like most of the day-to-day driving is fine. You know, yeah. you know just the you, road trip, but you know, you have a, you happen to have a graveyard of European cars in your front yard <laughs> that uh, you can choose from in, when they're running, when, when they're, they're running. I was telling you earlier, Mark, I'm at 75%, you know, three out of my four cars right now are running. So, you know, it's trending in the right direction. <laughs> oh, it's great. Uh, oh, and just uh, uh, more about uh, not necessarily EVs, but uh, there's a chip and more in the chip shortage front. Uh, which is ongoing on just about everything. And oh, by the way, there's like another COVID wave in yeah. parts of China that produces a lot of these microchips. So this this shortage, whether it be on chips and other technological things, it's gonna it's gonna go on for quite a while, unfortunately. So uh, you think uh, prices for cars are probably gonna stay high? I, I right? think they're gonna stay gonna, high, if, if not, yeah. even potentially go up. I think they're gonna stay high. Which because of that, the the I think we're we're. Will reach a point, or we're at that point where the price of cars is such where if you're going to spend that much, maybe it is time to realistically consider: is it time to buy that EV that's a little bit more expensive? Because they're kind of almost the same now. I mean, it's still ridiculous. I mean, Ford now is planning to ship cars and trucks without various software parts um, until the chips come in, and then they'll like retrofit it. Yeah, then they'll retrofit them. Who knows wow. when? I'll wow. tell you, I'm still waiting for the second key for my Audi that's supposed to be here at some point this year. Who knows when that's going to happen? Oh, I'm so sorry. For you, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. What? I'm missing what? the second key. The this second is key. Actually, that could be a real thing. I mean, if you misplace it, you are coming. You, you're done, yeah. Do you, have an app? do you have an app that you can use? There is an on? app. I can unlock the car, but I can't start it. You can't it. start it. Yeah, so <laughs> even the salesman was like, well, so I have, I don't have a second key, but I have the the key 
what looks like a traditional key that will open the door. Okay. And the salesman gave it to me. He's like, we can use this. I'm like, but how am I going to start it? And he was kind of funny. He was like, well, you got to figure out the next part. <laughs> All right, thanks. Yeah. So missing that key. I, I mean, I really feel like, you know, I, I just, I, I feel like, uh, but how am I going to start it? And he was kind of funny. He was like, well, you got to figure out the next part. All right, thanks. Yeah. So missing that key. I, I mean, I really feel like, you know, I, I just, I, I feel like, uh, I'm trying to think of what awful category to put myself into right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so downtrodden without my second key for my Audi. I, I'm a man I of the people. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, we got, we got World War Three in Europe. <laughs> and Mark's concern is his second key. Like, oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, oh. Uh, so moving on. So something exciting uh, happening this weekend. First race of the Formula One season. Uh, I've heard. Um, but before that. Well, there's recently we've all had an opportunity to look back at last season and all of its glory with uh, been watching how most people these days consume Formula One, which, which is Netflix's drive to survive. Very, very cool series. I like it. I mean, it's some manufactured controversy, for sure. but like it's cool and it's it's a, it's a good highlight of the of the of you know, big events of last year. So well, I, I'm impressed cool. with their. The level of access they've yeah, been able to get that's that, that's incredible. But you're right, it is a bit Jerry Springer, Maury Povich like <laughs> at times. Like you can see, like if you follow I, I mean, I really followed last season pretty closely, more so than I had in previous seasons. And I, I when I watch Drive to Survive, I see where they take a lot of liberties with some of the drama. Some of it not manufactured, some of it is very dramatic and I got probably Gunter Steiner calling um, <laughs> um <yeah>. what's his <laughs> face uh, Nikita Mazespin. Uh, I think I don't know if we can say the profanities on the radio, but it was yeah he got expletive yeah, laid in he, he, <laughs> accusations. A, he's a great and he was right. Yeah, yeah. Nikita Mazepin. So here I'm going to say something that's going to sound controversial, but there's one been one benefit of Russia's uh, aggression in Ukraine is that the Haas F1 team. Who, uh, because of sanctions and other things, had to tell poor Nikita Mazepin to bugger off, yeah. as they would say <laughs> in England. Uh, yep, yep. They, uh, if you if you didn't pay, I mean, Haas is. I, I'm surprised they're even still on the grid. I, I they know. barely were there last year. I know. But Nikita, in particular, just simply terrible. awful, terrible. And his dad was the major sponsor funder. He was just as awful. Neither one of them had any business being near the Formula One grid. And I think so, he finished like second or third or fourth in like F two. F two, yeah. You know, like he yeah. wasn't was like not remarkable. Yeah, at, he at he only got there look like, because of that major amount of money that they were able to inject. It, but it helps when your dad's an oligarch. And, yeah, know. that helps. Uh, probably get, getting his yacht seized <laughs> as we speak. But just not just like not just. Uh, his skill is clearly not there, but his attitude just he just expected to go out and just win and he was getting whipped by his teammate Mick Schumacher, yep. who comes with the baggage of that name totally. uh, behind him and that pressure. Totally. Uh so yeah, watching drive this but it will you know, I think episode four or five, it's almost a whole episode on Haas. So great in, in spite of the drama, it's great cut PR for them. I mean, a team in the back of the grid getting, you know, forty five minutes worth of airtime. 
on Netflix. Did you notice it was kind of strange? I don't know if they did done it in the past, but it seemed like I think it was maybe the second or third episode. I think they covered Monaco from two different perspectives. Yes, yes. So I think there was like the Red Bull and then there was the Ferrari perspective yeah. to tell the kind of like the arc of the different teams. Yeah. I thought that was a little bit strange. I was, I felt like on that the, the, the like subsequent episode, we were sort of like going back and I thought, did I like miss something? It yeah, was, yeah. It was kind of a weird formatting that they did. But there's I mean, been, there's been uh, some comments online showing kind of the creative editing they've done where, yeah, the timelines are kind of chopped up a different way and and it just and, and more to have the drama and it's kind of filtering down where now some of the drivers that participated i think lando norris is one who's saying i don't know if i'd do that again interesting uh, because there's the, they, they play up that uh, tension between him and daniel ricardo yeah and both of them have said yeah that's not really we're we don't we get along fine. There's right. not really right. tension. Right. Right. So right. yeah, there's like this awkward scene of like Ricardo teasing him for crashing, and he's denying that he's ever had a crash. And it's they, they kind of like play off. Yeah, and, and it's just it. like that's why I kind of say it's kind of like this Jerry Springer approach <laughs> to racing. But I, you know, it's, it's also funny some of the radio communications. Like, yeah. clearly it's not sequential. You know, yes, like they have yes. like the engineer talking to the to the to the driver like right before the lights are about to go out, and you know, like, yeah, I, I think there's they're they're concentrated. Whatever. I we're nitpicking and we're being no, we are. But we uh, are. It, overall, it's a good series. But it's how about good. that Will Buxton, F one commentator <laughs> Will Buxton? You got to give him some credit. Did you, did you know? Did, well, you're probably gonna. Did you know that if you qualify first, that means that everybody starts behind you? What? Well, I know. Crazy. That's incredible. <laughs> that is incredible. Also, he also gave us this gem that if you win the race, you score the most points. <laughs> I don't know if anybody knew that. That is the type of hard-hitting analytical commentary that Will Buxton brings to Formula One. It makes me feel like if he can do it, so let's do it. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, we're we're making a podcast right now. (laughs) It's just uh, it but they're just it's just so his his commentary it's so campy because and he says it's so serious. I know. I know so serious. I know, I know. Like he has just dropped a truth bomb on everyone. Hey, if you finish first, you score the most <laughs> points. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, uh, yeah, it, but it's a good show. So the season starts uh, qualifying tomorrow in Bahrain, the race on Sunday. Um, do you believe at all Mercedes, their claims, oh, we're slow and we're not going to be that fast? Or- I think it's more important what other – Others in F1 think, and I think there's a lot of skepticism within yeah. F1. <laughs> that, that's true. And so it seems like the tactic they do every year oh, we're not very fast. Know, and then, exactly. You yeah. know, they, I, I'm more interested in, you know, who's going to kind of move up to challenge. So what, are you, what are you thinking? I mean, well, how do you see this, the, the, the year? I think who looks, who looks quick, who looks, who are the team to watch? Yeah, from what I've seen, I mean, clearly Red Bull's still there. Still up front. I think you can never discount Mercedes. I will say this. Preseason testing doesn't really say too much because you never know based on the times, fuel loads, yep. tires, they, all these factors. They can sandbag. Yeah, they and, and they, they do it, and they admit to it. Like, oh, we're not going to show our hand. Yep. Um, I think Ferrari has probably moved up a few spots from kind of what like I'm a, saying. As a Ferrari fan, fanboy, you must be I good do, about that. I do, but I'm also prepared to be disappointed, <laughs> as I've been so often. But I, it kind of seems that you know they've been in this tussle with McLaren, and I think they've kind of pulled ahead, but who knows? We could be completely wrong. Um, 
And I don't know, like uh, the AlphaTauri team, Pierre Gasly put up the fastest time in free practice one for the day. Oh, wow. But yeah. for all we know, he was he was running like one lap of fuel yeah, and had right, on right, ultra right. soft tires. Yeah, right, right, so right, right, we don't right. know what that reveals. But uh, yeah, I, I'm hopeful. Ferrari looks strong. Um, but I will say this, going back to Drive to Survive and what it kind of reveals, I've always... And we'll still criticize Hamilton for his complaining and whining on the radio, but I've never heard him lose his emotions completely and like just completely lose it. But watching Drive to Survive, most of the grid, most of these guys lose it on the radio. And I started thinking, never heard a world champion completely lose it. Yeah, interesting. There's correlation there. Huh? I think there's correlation to keep yeah. it. Even Max Verstappen, when things were not going well or he got. Yeah, almost killed at the British Grand Prix when Hamilton punted him off. They just, I mean, they all complain and sometimes criticize their teammate, but some of the guys, like, I, and I thought of this because we're talking about Ferrari because Charles Leclerc gets on the radio sometimes and freaks out about things. Yeah. Um, I, I start to feel like these guys that just freak out big time, I, I'm not sure if they're world champions or not. Interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, right. I, know, I could be completely wrong, but it, I feel like that's a big part of it is being able to keep Stay your emotions under that's, control. That's yeah, right, that's right. And I mean, I yeah, maybe that speaks to why Hamilton is sometimes able to come back from a you know less than a good situation in races. He's able to yeah, the overtakes. He doesn't give up and he's too rattled. Doesn't help to have a really fast car too. But, no, uh, no, that's great. You know. No, I, and I want to you know what, and I want him to continue doing well because I want him to get beat. While he's doing well, I don't right. want it to be, you know, oh, the car wasn't right and he's driving a bad car. So they can use that excuse. I want everyone to be at their top level uh, <laughs> so he can be beat. We should go into that a little bit. I know we've gone on a little too long here on F1 already, but when we had Farouk on, he was talking about, um, mm-hmm. you know, how he respects Farouk, the ha- guy from uh, it, Sonoma Drift. Thank you. How he respects Hamilton and for what Hamilton's been able to do in the sport and not coming from money. And I, I think. I think when we've talked about Hamilton in the past, uh, you know, maybe it sounded like we didn't appreciate that or, you know, we were shitting on him and, you know, didn't recognize some of the things that he's done. I think Fruit raised a really good point that, like, what he's done is very impressive mm-hmm. and to come from very humble roots. And, like, parents, especially his dad, really sacrificed to get carding and things like that. Yeah. And he's really, nobody's given him anything. Like, yeah. like Except for that great McLaren contract he got when he was like 13 <laughs> years old. I think he was 13 or 14 and got signed by McLaren uh, to race at their junior formulas. But he had to work but, hard to get to that point. And it was based on talent. And yeah. And there's exactly. undoubtedly talent. Exactly. So I exactly. think, I, I mean, I don't want to speak, but I think our issue probably is a little bit, now these days, a little bit whiny, a mm-hmm. little bit like focused on stuff off, off, off the track with ridiculous clothes that he's wearing. Is like, clearly not so genuine appreciation of the fans when he's always on the podium he goes to thank all the fans and he's just to me just sounds like so scripted and not authentic i I don't know that that's kind of my issue with him but i think that that that's one thing and i can still recognize the fact that what he's done is is very impressive yeah hashtag blessed hashtag exactly (laughs) exactly come on man god does not care if you finished first on this (laughs) freaking british gp (laughs) Uh, but the queen cares yeah that's that's pretty close that is true. that's pretty close um yeah 
So I think we've uh, we've probably run this into the ground. But yeah, watch. By the time you hear this, uh, maybe the race will have already occurred. I don't know. It depends on when I get this uploaded. Yeah. <laughs> if I do it this weekend or I wait till next week. So yeah, we'll be see. be surprised like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice chatting, Mark. Yep. I think that's it. And uh, thanks yeah, everyone. See you next time. See you next time.